Father Anthony, do you have any friends? No. Well, I can't help you in that case. But if you ever make a friend, do you uh, believe that any of these friends will have a beard, lips, or skin? Oh, definitely. I would only make friends with people who had a beard, lips, or skin. Or or all three? Preferably all three. Preferably all three. Sorry, ladies. Celibate priest here. Only <laughs> That's the rules. <laughs> only friends with, with men with beards and that one lady from, uh, what's that movie called? Greatest Showman. Exactly. You could be friends with her. So yes. uh, Catholic Bombco has some of the greatest gifts, not only for you, but for your friends as well. You can actually love your neighbor by buying them some Catholic bomb, like beard stuff, which I use, and it makes me look amazing. And you could also buy lip balm for those lady people that you know, but Father Anthony can't because that's illegal, just like mm-hmm. just like sinning and hearing confessions on Xbox Live. Um, have you used Catholic Bomb Co. before, Padre? I have not. I'm waiting for someone to gift it to me. So well, I think I, they should use your code to I buy me some cash. I can't gift it to you, but someone else can, and they will get 11% off by going to ForteCatholic.com slash beard, B-E-A-R-D, to get 11% off your next order. Order? Order. to watch you're very very loud and my headphones are a little too much i've never been loud Uh, it must be something to do with your settings in your headphones uh you might want you might want to get that checked out uh speaking of getting things checked out i'm falling apart today dude yikes what's going on taylor so i hadn't worked out in three months (laughs) because i I pulled my hamstring running against a high school kid because that was smart that was a long time ago right that was a long time ago and then i finally got better and then I got the old bronchitis, which means I couldn't breathe for six weeks. So I went back uh, to the gym. And here's what I did at the gym the other day. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited to tell, for you to tell me what you did at the gym. Okay. First, I have to tell you the story about how I was on the way there. Uh, I shared okay. this on, on the old Instagram. Uh, I'm driving to the gym for the first time in three months. My my. <clears throat> My AirPods die, so I can't listen to podcasts, which is what literally I always do. So I'm banished to turn on my my AM, FM radio in my car. I have six preloaded channels in the car. All six of them, for the first time I think ever, all six, including like Catholic Talk Radio that has no commercials and just talks all the time. Yeah. All in commercial. So I go to my favorite station, and I'm listening to the commercial. The commercial is literally saying, you never have to work out. You don't have to eat right. Just take this pill, and you won't be fat anymore. I was never more attacked by Satan than I was in that moment. My AirPods were dead. I was being told not to go to the gym after I finally mustered up the courage to do it. I was so angry, okay? Yeah. Wild. Then I get to the gym. I'm there at open, it's, it's CrossFit, but I know if I go to like a CrossFit class, I would physically be dead. Like I, I'd be okay. done. There, there's no way. Because uh, I'm still like recovering from the, like the bronchitis is gone, but like still having some trouble breathing. You know, like it's still not, I'm still not 100%. Yeah. 
Sure. And I know this, and I need to ease myself back into it. So not only am I fat and out of shape, I also, my lungs don't work. So I have, I'm like, let's ease into it. <laughs> it was so much worse than I could have imagined. So much worse. I warm up, which takes like 15 to 20 minutes because I, I keep having to stop to catch my breath. Here's what wow. I did. Open gym for an hour. 20-minute warm-up. The next 40 minutes. Let's do this. In a 40-minute workout, you, you're a guy that works out. Like, yes. wh- what's a typical workout that you do in 40 minutes? Uh, 40 minutes? Uh, I'll probably do a set of five-by-fives. Usually warm up, get up to my weight, do one solid exercise. Um, but that's kind of a slower way to work out. Um, not, if I have 40 minutes, yeah. Not as slow as mine was. <laughs> okay. okay. In 40 minutes, I did... Four sets of squats, four sets of five on squat. Okay. And three sets of five on the bench in 40 minutes. And I promise you, I wasn't dilly-dallying. I was doing my next set when I caught my breath. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. It was terrible. I am so sore. And then I go to church camp today. And I am beloved at church camp, not because I'm an eloquent speaker, not because I'm jovial or because I'm friendly. No one cares about that. I am loved at summer camp because I am 250 pounds. And there's this thing called the blob. Have you ever participated in the blob? I have no idea what the blob is. What is the blob? Okay. So it's this thing that has to do with physics that I don't understand. All I know is that I am the heavy object. So there's a very large platform. This one was about 20 feet tall. It was wild, super tall. And there is a very long, like oval-shaped balloon, essentially, that's about maybe 15, 20 feet long. And there's air in it. So somebody jumps off the very high platform, hits the balloon, and the other person goes skyrocketing into the air. Uh, Right? So much fun. But if you get fat guy to come do it, it's even Uh more fun. Because the platform's 20 feet, but when I do it, the people go about 25. <laughs> so, okay, wait. Is this is this on the water? No, no, no. It's on the ground, and they all died. Yes, it's on Where the water. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I killed eight junior high kids today, Father Anthony. This is my confession. Uh, forgive me, Father Fry. Sin. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I catapulted children to their death at church camp. I, it's so great because I'm supposed to be a good storyteller, and you're—I think you're just pointing out that I forgot the water. But it's great that you wouldn't just be like, "Uh huh," like you just like <laughs> Taylor. Did you kill people today? No, Father. I wouldn't be talking about that on the air. I mean, I wouldn't kill people. Okay, right. So. I'm exhausted. I was already sore. Now I'm like, I, like I said, I can't catch my breath. And I don't know if you know this, but breathing underwater is pretty hard. So those two things combined right. yes. made it very difficult. But now I'm here, very sore, very tired. I smell like a combination of lake water, sweat. Uh, I grilled burgers tonight. I fed 70 people because Jesus said, feed the needy. And if you've never been around junior high kids, they are the single most needy group of people in the entire world. (laughs) I I don't have to do another act of love for like three weeks, I think. Um, I think you're good, yeah. So I smell very bad. But I'm here with you, and you don't have to experience any of that because you're very far away stuck inside of this iPad. Yes, yes, I am. My goodness. And if well, I was it on, sounds like it, was, it sounds like it was kind of fun though. Oh, it's an it's an absolute blast. Like I, it's so great because I'm sad that I'm overweight, but I take so much pride in it for two days a year when I get to go blah. <laughs> it's so much fun for me. 
Okay, so uh, like, what I want to talk about today, and here in this first segment, um, has actually been on my mind a lot in regards to this camp being being held this week. Because I used to run this camp, like I used to be the one that was in charge of it, and then uh, due to a lot of circumstances last summer, I had some changes in my job. Uh, some of it was a lot of it was like, hey, this is where you would fit better, and and and, but a lot of it was like mistakes that I had made at work. So this time last summer was actually a pretty hard time for me because we had just gotten over, done from camp. I thought it was, success, was, was very successful. Some other people thought that it wasn't very successful. And I was actually asked to not lead this event anymore. And like that was like really hard for me because like this camp was my baby, dude. Like I, 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 I it was my fourth child, you know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> and so it was difficult for me. I was upset. I was like confused because it was one of those things like most of the time, I would say 90% of the time when I make a mistake, I know I made a mistake. I don't need anybody to tell me. Like there, there, we all have our blind spots. There's that 10, maybe 20%. But like everything that I did, it was one of those weird situations that everything that I did, I thought I, like, I thought I did it right. Like even after yeah. I was chastised, even after things were changed, like I was like, I, I wouldn't change it. I think this is a big overreaction, like that sort of thing, right? So I was like confused, like, am I wrong in in this? And it was it was real strange. But so this week, I've been, I've actually gone to the camp a couple times. And I've I've been in a different role. Like I literally went to just have fun today and to cook meals. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a a different role that I'm playing. There's this kind of balance where it's like uh, being out there, like brought up a lot of this negative stuff. But then I was also able to look, I've also been able to look back and be like, I actually love the role that I'm in now. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like none of that would have happened. It was one of those things like none of that made sense while I was in it. I was super confused. I was frustrated. I was upset. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad that stuff happened. Because it's gave me more free time. It's brought more balance in my life. It's helped me to have more time, time and energy to work on my on my faith life. More time and energy to work on uh, my family. Work more time and energy to to travel, do these things that I love. Put more time into the show. So it was like this really tough situation that actually ended up bearing a lot of fruit. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, um, and it's not something you would have expected at the time. Not at but, all. Like it was probably right. one of the worst times I've had in a couple of years, and now I'm like, ah, I'm actually pretty happy with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that happens a lot. I think it happens in the spiritual life as well, because you know, God makes and can make, uh, you know, all things tend toward the good, even like really terrible stuff. Right now, God can even make the worst stuff actually into something good. That's kind of what He does. Yeah, and it's, yep. it's it's interesting because like most of the time when we're saying that, it's like, oh yeah, God made all things work to the better for our good. But then when you're in the middle of that time, it's like, shut up, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's like, exactly. no, he's it's not. He's made good yeah. things bad. I used to love this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes like when the bad stuff is happening, you know, one, it can be very bad, and two, sometimes it's a very long period of bad stuff too. Uh, so like when you're in the middle of it, it's really, really hard to to see and to hold on to that that hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- I think we've all been in scenarios like this. Um, I, I do I do have to say that I texted you about this earlier. And I was yeah. so happy with the response. I texted you, and then I drove out to this camp that was like in the middle of nowhere, uh, good old Central Texas, no cell service. I'm driving back, and then you know how like iMessages work, right? Like if you're out of service, you'll get an iMessage and a text message. And I was like, right. hey, do you have a scenario kind of like this where it was like difficult but ended up being a good thing? And you were like, seminary, seminary. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your story. Yeah, so you know, I was in seminary for eight years, 
And it was by far the most difficult eight years of my life. Um, not because of, you know, necessarily the seminary itself was bad or anything, but it's just very hard to um, realize. So like when I entered seminary, I was the holiest guy I knew. I had read like three Scott Hahn books. Nobody else in my class of like 600, none of them were going to seminary. I was obviously the holiness. I get to seminary and I find out I'm really not holy at all. I'm kind of a punk, right? So that's painful. And then just dealing with your own, uh, you know, sinfulness, um, struggling with classes, struggling with other seminarians. It can be a very difficult place. Uh, and it felt like it lasted forever. But all those experiences, even the worst, have made me a good priest and a holy priest today. It's because I'm, I'm aware of my own sinfulness and how much of a pain it is that I can preach about it. I can preach about it from... Uh, and I can actually offer people hope because I've experienced that hope too. So it's those tough things and dealing with them have made me a better priest. And I can help heal others now. So God's taken all that and turned it toward the good. Well, I'm really glad your story took, to, like I knew how the story ended, but even still right. at the beginning, I was a little scared because it started ringing true to another story that I had for my life that I actually wasn't planning to talk about. But okay. you talking about like being the holiest person, the best person, then you go to here and you you realize you're not anymore. Uh, yeah. Similar thing. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, and this might bring me public shame. But when I All was right. a young man, I played the baritone, okay, <laughs> in the band. I was a baritone. What's the baritone? Is that like a, a tuba? Euf euphonium? Yeah, it's like a mini tuba. The baritone okay. or the euphonium. I was, cool. uh, I was a nerd. Okay. I had no friends, and I cried myself to sleep a lot at night. But it had nothing to do with the baritone. The baritone was only a symptom. Okay, so I was playing the baritone, and there were two classes of band in, in sixth grade. I was always first chair in my class. I was, like, the best one. No, like, there was one person that, like, every, like, few months he'd give her first chair just because they were tired of me being first chair, you know? Sure. I, was, I, was yeah. always, I was obviously always better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. We, we go to seventh grade. I'm, I'm so into band. I'm loving it because that's the nerdiest thing I've ever said out loud. And I, I go to seventh grade, and those two classes merge into one class. There were, like, ten people in each class. I went from yeah. being the best baritonist, euphonium player in my class to the 11th best in the band oh. because literally everyone else in the other class was better than <laughs> all of us. We Yikes. didn't realize that we were on the B team. They actually hid that from us. So, <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I just had that realization right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I thought it was, I, I, like, my whole life until this moment, I thought it was just a coincidence, and I just realized that they placed yep. us by how we, how we uh, tried out. That's terrifying, and I'm going to cry now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyway, my story ended by when I realized this in seventh grade. I was in that band for about a week. I walked up to the band director, handed him my baritone, and said, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and focused on sports because that's what I was good at. So as you're telling this whole story, I was about to, like, I know you didn't quit seminary, but I would, right. but my, from my heart and my pain, I was just like, I realized I wasn't the holiness and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't quit. I didn't go get my like priest degree online. 
Um, I'm a real priest, so. We, we've always kind of joked, it's like, we're not sure if, you, if you're a real priest. But right. I do see behind you that there's this there's this uh, plaque on your wall, and it says, uh, Father Anthony Sharapa, STL, DeVry University. What? No, 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 no. I got it from uh, uh, Phoenix Online is why I got it. Phoenix Online. I love how you, the whole time I was telling you that, you're looking. Like, you have, like, you right. know that that's not back there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I've got, I've got like a, a little award thingy that my bishop gave me that says that I was ordained for realsies. Either that or an excellent fake. Well, I mean, I can get. I don't any- know why I showed that to you. This is this is not a visual medium. I keep doing visual things on your show. And but, you uh, showing me anything, if I have any doubts, isn't going to help. Like I, no. I, I know from being a coach that I can go into any trophy place and get any trophy made. Like I could go get a trophy right now that says Taylor Stroll, best Catholic podcaster. Father Anthony is terrible. And like, they would make it for me and I'd pay 15 bucks and I would just parade it around. You should definitely actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll go, I'll go have these on it. For you if you do. Uh, I will Venmo you half the money. If you get that. Go s- go, if you want this to happen, go to patreon.com slash forte Catholic. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So yeah, the whole reason of, of bringing this up is that like, like we, like we were saying, like all these things can look terrible at the time. Like even that story of me quitting band, I quit band to focus on sports. The irony is, like 10 years later, I quit sports in college to focus on, on, on ministry and getting my degree, which was in music. Like, I quit sports to focus on music, and everything ended up working out, right? Like, it's yeah. when we find ourselves in those terrible moments, like, it looks like there's no out. And, like, mine was, yeah, like, we all have tough times at work. We all have tough times. Uh, when we choose our vocation like you did. like Those things can be tough. There are things much tougher than that. There are things less tougher than that. But in all of those scenarios, like you said, God can and will use all those things for the good of those who love him. Like those who are who who love him, who are staying true to him, who are still going to prayer, who like the guy in Job is like, no matter what's going on, like I'm still going to, I'm still going to praise you. Yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Father Anthony, I am very excited because I didn't tell you about today's guest and what you and I are going to do with this person is we're going to break the internet. We're going to break the Catholic internet. And I'm well, it's time. I've never been so excited. It's time. Should we break the internet? Uh, tune yes. in for segment three because we're actually going to talk about that. But until then, we're going to keep going. And, and in, in the meantime, of course, follow us on social media because... We're going to break the internet, so you need to do it now. Okay, I'm going to go away now, and so is Father Anthony, because he goes wherever I tell him to go. All right, don't go anywhere, because I'm also telling all of you listeners what to do. Bye! But don't leave. Bye! Seriously, don't leave. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a message from Definitely Not Taylor. If you are listening to the show, you should totally rate it and subscribe to it on iTunes. To rate it, go to the iTunes Podcasts app on your phone, search for Take Catholic, scroll down to Review, give five stars, write that you like the show, and then move on with your day. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, and I have to tell you, friends, 
Remember a couple of years ago when our our good friend over in California she tried to break the internet. We're not going to talk about the picture, but she did try to break the internet. And today, we are going to break the Catholic internet. Not only is everybody's uh, the king of Catholic Twitter here on the show, Father Anthony Sharapa, of course, still here, still here. Yes. But we brought the king and the queen together. (laughs) (laughs) The return of the queen. You'll get the reference there in a second. Caitlin Batista is back. You're back on the show. I'm so happy. Yep. Thanks for having me. <laughs> She's just, I'm all excited. She's like, yep, I am here. Present. I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're as excited as I am. So I uh, wanted to talk to you about things. And here's, what, here's how I, I reached out to you. I was like, okay, look, I know you talk about Tolkien all the time and you love it. But like for most people, like especially like it, like in ministry, it's like nobody wants to be known as like the one subject person because then that's all you can ever talk about. So I was like, Caitlin, would you like to talk about anything other than Tolkien? And you were like, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I don't I have no like what would I even talk about? I don't know. I have no idea. I wanted to know. <laughs> So no, like, this is important. You've got to keep the brand strong. Yes. I, I worked really hard to get this brand to the point that it's at right now, Taylor. Uh, yeah. You have way too much trust in any power that I do not have to think that coming on here would do anything to change your brand. <laughs> if anything, it'd be like, why are you associated with that person? It would have nothing to do with anything you said. But um, <laughs> one thing you've never talked about before. Is video games? Is that is that true? I feel like that's a true statement. Yeah, probably. Okay. I don't think I've ever ever talked about video games in my entire life. Father Anthony and I have talked about video games on the show before. It's a big part of our friendship, and I it figured, is. why don't we do both? Why don't we talk about Tolkien and something you've never talked about? Let's combine these two things. So there are these video games based off of Tolkien called the shadow like it's like shadow of mordor and shadow of war father anthony have you played these games i haven't played them i heard they're good games but they're based in middle earth but they're they have nothing to do with like the books like the characters are all made up right i'm not totally sure all i know is that it's very violent right Yes, because I mean, Tolkien George. is so nonviolent. Well, I have watched my husband and one of his friends playing the game one time, and the whole time I was thinking to myself, like, Tolkien would be rolling over in his grave. He'd be so mad right now. Well, good. We're just going to dive into that subject. We're going to make your favorite person roll over in his grave. Here's what I want to do. I feel like most of this, especially I did, I like watched recap videos because it was like a couple years ago that I played the games and I loved them. And I was like, I, it was a weird thing that I thought I was learning things about the, the lore. And then I was like, there's no way that's what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, we're going to go through very quickly what happened. Because I feel like maybe 10% of this is true. There's a man named okay. Talion. He's murdered in Gondor. Real place in Tolkien. What's the name? Gondor. His no, na- what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> His name is Talion. T-A-L-I-O-N. 
I've never heard that name right. before, I, but I, th- I could be wrong. I think he's completely made up for the game. Completely but made up. Okay. One of the other main characters, which we'll get to in a second, I know that you have heard of, and I, I, I want to know if my assumptions about this person are correct. So this guy, Talion, at the beginning of the game, it's weird, he's on the cover, immediately he is murdered by the Black Hand of Sauron. <laughs> have we heard the Black Hand of Sauron anywhere else? Well, there's the white hand of Saruman. Um, but I mean, Sauron could have a black hand. So it sounds like a Sauron kind of it thing. Sounds like a thing. I've never heard it before, but I wouldn't say it's definitely not real. Essentially, he has a lot of groupies. We'll get to some of the other groupies here in a little while, which is funny to think about. I always like try to take bad guys and make them sound dumb, like Sauron and his groupies going from town to town, right? It's um, very intimidating. <laughs> Sauron's such a dweeb, though, honestly. <laughs> Sauron's such a dweeb. That's awesome. So, okay, we get to the second other main cal- uh, character named Kella Brimbor. Now, I think he's real, right? Yeah. Okay. Because he created the ring. Um, see, Taylor, this isn't going well because I feel like I don't know anything about the video game and then you don't know anything about the <laughs> So we're both sounding dumb here. Okay. Well, I do not mean to make you sound dumb. I want to keep that all for myself. So <laughs> in the game, at least, Celebrimbor is the one that created the ring for Sauron. Well, yeah, because I know that the Elven Smiths made the ring for Sauron. Um, or they made some of the rings, but I, I'm not a hundred percent clear on who made which ring exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe this is a creation of the game. Anyway, these two people merge, which is very, very weird. It's a real person. And then like a ghost guy, Celebrimbor, he's been dead for a very long time. They end up fighting for a Palantir, which is like how he sees everything. Sauron sees everything. And then they fight uh-huh. Sauron. And then Talion becomes a ring wraith. And many, many years later, he's freed when our friend Frodo throws the ring into the Lake of Fire. That is those games in like five minutes. And they no, take. No. Frodo doesn't throw the ring into the Lake of Fire. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Ha- what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you not even see the movie? Movies? Yes, I've seen the movies. It was a very long time ago, and I had the flu. Taylor, just watch the movies again. Okay. <laughs> For goodness sakes. Who throws the ring in? Nobody throws the ring in. Uh. <laughs> okay, you did it. <laughs> you, you know, my, you. my desire has come true. You have shifted all the stupidity onto me. I'm very happy that we made this happen. <laughs> I have so saved sorry. the. I've Don't saved the interview. Do you oh. want me to tell you? Oh, this is so painful. Was it Sam? I know Sam was very helpful. No. <laughs> okay, do you really want me to tell you? Yes. Okay, I really want you to actually read the books, though. That's not going to happen. It's very large. Very okay. big book. All right. <laughs> Gollum has the ring, and then he falls into the into the fire. Did Frodo push him? No. No. He just jumped? He's like so excited and then he falls. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) It's much cooler than that. That sounded kind of not as great, but it's very poetic, the ending. I'm sorry. Were the the groupies there? (laughs) 
The groupies are all around. The groupies yeah. are fighting another another army. Yeah. Okay. It's actually really, yeah, really, it's really, really awesome. I'm just uh, not very good at describing it. <laughs> well, apparently neither am I. I'm not good at describing anything. Let's move into something that at least one of us knows about. You're doing this book study that I've seen all over the old interwebs because you are at Tea with Tolkien everywhere on the internet, including insert random internet thing here. I couldn't think of anything because I'm not smart Instagram? enough. Sure. Instagram. Yeah. I don't know Possibly. what Instagram is. Did Was the ring being thrown in the fire on Instagram? Let's talk about something that anyone knows anything about. You're doing this book study on the Silmarillion. I just learned how to say that correctly. Um, got it. Okay, so this too is not from the main books, but it's much better than this game apparently that I played. So tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so the Silmarillion is basically like a history book of Middle Earth. And so at the beginning of the Silmarillion, you have like the whole creation of the world. And then you have um, the Valar, which are similar to like angels. And um, then there's Melkor. He's, he's like kind of like kind of like Satan. Um, and there's this discord and there's lots of fighting. And then you get the elves and then the men. and it's just basically like the story of how everything came to be before The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Okay, so I've actually enjoyed history, like studying like real people history. So that like mm -hmm. the Silmarillion's actually always been intriguing to me. So I I actually read The Hobbit like everyone was required to in like sixth grade, and <laughs> never read Lord of the Rings because they're very long books, and I'm not very good at reading. Uh, reading is very hard, but. I actually, like, my wife owns a Silmarillion. She's a much better person than me. She's very supportive of you. She's been, she's been in, she, I think she, like, tried to get into a book study and couldn't, but she's getting into this next one. I think she was too late. Yeah, she's doing the Silmarillion with us, right? I yeah. think she told me. Yeah, so cool. it's like, I'll, I'll find her and be like, hey, you want to hang out? She's like, no, I'm reading this book. I'm like, okay, <laughs> bye. So you should read it with her. That no, I, be... I just go over and I play other video games with, with Father Anthony that I don't know anything yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually am intrigued. Like, if it was a science book, I wouldn't get it. But a history book actually sounds pretty neat. So, like, with everything with Tolkien, <laughs> I love how you just laugh at me. Most, <laughs> like, everything I say, you're just like, he's so dumb. Why would, I just can't, I just, why would Tolkien write a science book? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he probably would. We need to make this happen. Tolkien's, like, family aren't, Am I wrong in saying that they're like still in charge, like responsible for his works? No, you're right. It's called the Tolkien Estate. Okay, and so that's like his family and everything. One of them needs to write a science book. They can't write it. All they're all they're doing right now is like compiling stuff that he already wrote and then publishing it. So maybe one day we'll find a hidden science book. Is what you're saying? Yes. There's hope for maybe. us yet. So you're I saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you really never know. Okay, so with anything with Tolkien, like, uh, I've so I've actually been listening to a lot of podcasts actually about, uh, like, fairy stories, uh, myths and legends, like, all these kinds of things, and how Tolkien was always, you know, he's always writing with these Christian undertones, but never wanted people to talk about it or, like, to be labeled that way, like a C.S. Lewis was, like, very overtly, like, Aslan is Jesus. Like, it's very overt. Mm -hmm. But how Tolkien was, like, had these themes, but it wasn't, you couldn't say any one person was Jesus or any one person was was anything else, right? So, like, what are the, the Christian undertones? What are the things that you reading it as a practicing Catholic that you're like, oh, these things actually, I can actually see where my faith and these themes from the Silmarillion 
connect? There's so many. I don't even know where to begin. Try Um, the beginning. Okay. So, well, I think probably one of the main ones is um, there's, there's three different like Christ figures in the Lord of the Rings. We've got Aragorn, Gandalf, and Frodo, and um, they kind of represent Christ in different ways. And then um, we also have Lembus, which reminds us of the Eucharist. We have a whole bunch of different Marian figures, like one of the queens of the Valar, Elbereth. She reminds us of Mary. If you read the Silmarillion, you'll get to know who she is. And um, like Galadriel, Eowyn, the whole the whole way. You know how Eowyn kills the Nazgul king. Did you remember that? I didn't remember the main plot point, so I seriously doubt it. Okay. Well, you know, the whole like Mary <laughs> crushing the serpent and we have Eowyn. Um, she cuts the head off of his big fell beast, a thing that looks like a dragon, you know. I just feel like everywhere you turn, there's different elements of Catholicism. I don't think Tolkien did it on purpose too much. He was just like so Catholic that it was just like overflowing. Oh, that's actually a pretty neat concept because I actually always thought that he was doing it on purpose. But it's interesting where it's well, like, oh, it's just letters, coming out. Yeah. In one of his letters, he says, um, he's like, the Lord of the Rings is a fundamentally Catholic and religious work. And then he says it was unintentional first. And then kind of as he was revising, he was a little more intentional about it. But I think a lot of it just kind of flowed through his own devotions, especially to the Eucharist and Mary. So I didn't tell Father Anthony that you were coming on, but you were very excited when I told when I told you that he was going to be on with me. And since I've already looked like an idiot for 14 minutes, Father Anthony, I know that you are, she said that you're a big Tolkien fan as well, yeah. which I noticed yeah. when you started laughing at me uncontrollably. <laughs> so uh, what do you got over there? Uh, so Taylor, you're, you're a music guy, right? I am. You sing, you play guitar, you like music things. I think you would really, really like, especially the first like chapter of uh, Silmarillion, because it's basically this creation myth, but it's all framed around terms of music, like how we understand creation of the world, the problem of evil, all in these terms of music. I think you would really like it. Was it loud? Was it forte? Yes, it was definitely forte, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was forte Tolkien. It's forte Tolkien. We've merged. It's become a thing. She's like, no, I don't want anything now to do with you. Now you have to read it. Now I have forte to read it. Okay. Tolkien speaking. Here's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> with our powers combined. I think that's a different. I think that's we a are different. one decent podcast. <laughs> one podcast to rule them all. <laughs> Take that, Matt, Frad. The three of us are coming for you. <laughs> okay, you've convinced me. I uh, Here's what I'll do. The Lord of the Rings book, like my wife read the whole thing. Like, of course you two know because you're smart. I didn't know that the three books were actually supposed to be one book and they actually got split up, right? So she had like the one full book and she would lug it around our house and then she was pregnant at the time. So I was like, I don't think you should be carrying things more than 50 pounds, (laughs) you know? So it's very scary, but here's what I can do. Sure it is. (laughs) I've never embellished it all on this show. Not once. Here's what I can do. I can read a chapter of the Silmarillion. How's that? That's my homework. Yeah. It's an excellent start. Yeah, for sure. Crack open the book and start with the first chapter. Start with the beginning. That's the uh, see look, we're giving each other the same advice. Father Anthony, you're like waving your hands uncontrollably. What do you want? Oh no, I was so I had no idea they published Lord of the Rings in one volume. I I know. You referred to it as a trilogy when we were recording our episode, and I was like, yikes. See, I'm not the only idiot, Father Anthony. I'm not the only dumb one. (laughs) No, 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 no. Excuse me for just using the common language. Of course, I know 
it's all one story. But I, most people think of the three books, and I was just trying to be nice about them. But whatever, fine. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is, I think having that one volume set of the entire story would look really good on my bookshelf. Like, I would never read from that set. I would read from the, like, the little ones or my Kindle. But having the big book. It looks yeah. like something from the restricted section of like Harry Potter. Like you, it's a book that you can't. Have, like, it's like all ornate and there's very sharp edges. And I was scared for the lives of my wife and my children. But you know, you can get it if you want. Yeah, exactly. I will. You can buy that for me a present. No, good, Caitlin. Good Caitlin, bring us home. Why should people join? How can they join? How can they be a part of this book club uh, and be smarter than me? Essentially. Well, okay, so a lot of people try to read The Silmarillion, but they get really discouraged because it is pretty dense. Hogan's writing style, you know, is a bit rambly and descriptive. And so some people, if they're kind of reading on their own, they might get lost or confused. And um, especially in The Silmarillion, there's, there's like elvish words left and right, and people have two different names. And so reading within a group is really helpful. And last time we had like, 400 people reading with us oh in our book club. Gosh. And so um, all of us reading together, it, it's really helpful if people have questions. We have this whole like Discord server where um, anyone can just pop in and ask questions and everyone helps each other out. So if you want to sign up, you can go to tewithtoken.com slash Silmarillion. And if you can't spell that, it's just one of the links on the menu. So you'll see it there. <laughs> Well, I proved in this in our time together that I know nothing, but one thing I do know is how to spell Silmarillion. I'm very proud of myself for that. Although saying it is much more difficult. Even looking at the word sil- sil- salmon, I'm very confused. <laughs> Caitlin, thanks for coming. I'm glad that uh, we were able to make me look like an idiot and you save the, the interview and make us look better as a unit. I'm very proud of you in particular. Thank you. I'm always happy to help everyone. All right. Father Anthony, I'm glad that uh, that you did what you did as well. Me too. <laughs> all right. Go team. Go team. Yeah. And remember, Matt Fred, you'll see us all one day. You'll see us again. Just wait. We're coming for you. We're coming. <laughs> Caitlin, thanks so much. Everybody else, we'll be right back for our final segment of the day. Don't go anywhere. Father Anthony, have you made any friends yet? Well, I'm very sad for you, but do you know people who uh, own feet? Oh, I do. Most people I know. Well, then, have we got a deal for you from our friends over at Sock Religious? Did I say sacrilegious? I did not. I said sacrilegious, but that play on words is intentional by the owner. Sock Religious has the greatest socks in the entire world. I wore them yesterday for the athletic banquet because my track team is so amazing. I wore the St. Michael socks because literally, like I said in the show, I had angels fighting the other team for me. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Have you gotten any of these socks yet, Father? I did. I got the Resurrection Jesus socks, and I wore them Easter, and it helped me pray Mass so much better because I wore these socks. Well, I'm actually surprised by this news because I didn't think the answer would be yes. I'm very proud of you, and I'm glad that you prayed better. You too, my friends, can pray better. If you go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks, you'll get some kind of percentage off that I can't remember off the top of my head at this moment, but you will finally receive that happiness that you enjoy, and you'll finally be able to pray in Mass 
endorsed by Father Anthony Sharapa. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am still Taylor Schroll. Father Anthony is still a priest, we assume. And uh, we're joined in the studio. That never happens. No one ever wants to be in here with me. And ironically enough, the day that I probably smell the worst, returning to Forte Catholic after his first appearance almost exactly a year. That's it's been almost exactly a year. Almost exactly, quietly, sort of a year ago. August 1st of 2018, you came on the show as a nice little, you just graduated high school. <laughs> what are you saying would happen to me? You got bigger. You went to college. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Freshman uh, 15 kind of hit me a little bit. Did it, Okay, so how many pounds did you, did you Actually, gain? the funny thing was I lost a lot of weight at the beginning of the year. Then going in towards Christmas break, that's when I started kind of gaining it all back, and it slowly started coming. And then second semester finals, boom, it just hit me out of nowhere. But actually, I'm kind of back in that little mediocre stage right now, so I'm, I'm still losing and gaining. It's it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a vicious cycle. No one is more proud of you for being mediocre than Father Anthony <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am. The king of mediocrity himself. The, literally the first thing Thank in my you. Instagram yes. bio is Average Joe, so... But that's nice. not your name. Don't confuse the people. <laughs> your name is still Tim. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to come on and talk about social media. You, you texted me about it a while ago. You've been like, hey, I've noticed some things. This has been going on. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not good at this, but Father Anthony is. So Father Anthony is going to be our Yoda in this scenario. In this mm. scenario, you are a young Luke trying to learn how to lift a, a ship, an X-Wing, out of a lake at Dagobah. And I am Han Solo somewhere kissing your sister. I think that's what's <laughs> happening. So I, I made the connection for you. Okay, so why did you want to come to, on the air and talk about this today? Okay, so... I'm not that much on social media anymore, but when I do, it's I see a pretty consistent pattern of everyone being in, in a negative funk about you know like life, whether it be like memes or just like random posts on Facebook or I'm not on Twitter that much, but even Twitter, you know, people are down on they got out of a relationship or they're having troubles uh, socially or even trying to get into a relationship. Just those kind of things that they put themselves under a lot of stress and blame everything on themselves when in reality all the negative that's happening isn't their fault. This is interesting because I know from my conversations with Father Anthony that he is the complete opposite on this topic with, from you. He thinks that social media is amazing, that everyone is happy on it, that it's a beautiful place to be, and that everything about social media is beautiful and golden. I, I, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what you would say, right? That is not what I would say at all. No, no. I have a, um, I have a very love-hate relationship with, sh with social media and something I, I think about the problems and benefits of it uh, a lot because I'm on it quite a bit. Um, and it can be, just as you described, like kind of this very negative place. Uh, people sharing a lot of like negative experiences more so than positive ones. Yeah, I mean, because sure. there would be times where I'm like scrolling through and I'll see like a pretty awesome meme. And then the next post is like, I hate my job. I hate my car. 
Just like the, the hate, like they're using just such strong words. Like hate to me is a very strong word. Like if you had a dog and I didn't like the way you had its haircut and I said, Taylor, I hate the way you're do- you got your dog's haircut. You would probably not like me for about a good few hours. And the, the interesting thing is I am larger than you <laughs> and more experienced in the fighting arts than you. You would not tell me that in person. <laughs> But you might on Facebook. Like, you might actually do that. Yeah. It gives people the freedom to say Taylor, whatever they you, want. Taylor, do you have a dog? I do not have a dog. I do not like dogs. Oh. I hate dogs. Oh. I hate all of your oh, dogs. Man. I can say that because I'm protected by this microphone. And actually, as you're listening to this, I am long gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but even, like, we're talking right now, and there is some kind of accountability. Because one of the things that happens online is that you can make anonymous accounts and it makes you feel like you don't actually have to take responsibility for what you're saying. And it also makes you think and feel that you're not actually speaking to another human being because it's hard to see the other human being behind an account. And so it becomes this very self-indulgent practice where I'm basically talking to myself out loud. And I don't care if other people are hurt by it. I just care if I, what I do generates more attention. And for a lot of people, it's positive or negative. They don't care. They just want some kind of attention to fill up this kind of void in their life. This is, happens a lot, uh, I think, on social media. But you're talking about something different. You're talking about, um, it sounds like... The and, fact that yeah. people are going out of their way to put on social media, I'm having a bad day, or I'm okay, yeah. not happy with this, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Why do you think so? Why do you think they're and doing that? I'm currently a sociology major at Texas State University. And one of the things that they they would always tell us in these sociology classes... <laughs> Father Anthony is making fun of Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs social media when you can make fun of people in person, huh? <laughs> C- do continue, sir. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but it will find you. Okay. Um, so what they usually tell you in these classes is that social media is practically a, a new way that our generation, I guess the 21st century genera- gen- gen- generation, generation communicates with each other because, I mean... Taylor, you could be outside sitting on the couch, and I could be in here, and I instead of me getting up and walking to tell you something, I could send you a message without me having to get up. That's how simple everything has gotten, and in my opinion, why everybody does this is, answer me this, Father. If you walk, if you walk into a restaurant, what would be the percentage of people that you would see on their phones? Oh, at any given time? Uh, I would say at least 30%. Depends on what kind of restaurant it is. If there's younger people there, it could be you know up to like I would say 70 percent. So it, it depends on the restaurant. But I mean, I would say any restaurant, give or take, at least thirty. Yeah, and and that's a, and, that, and that's my point is that we're all so connected, we forget to kind of look up sometimes and put the reality of our own lives into what we do every day because we're we're always we we think that our lives go through our phones, but they really don't. It's what we actually do every day outside of our phones. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was a waiter at I waited tables when I was in college and and right after they let you take out the food absolutely I was <laughs> I, I am better at almost nothing else as I was at waiting tables uh, make it essentially all of my preparation to get this show was done waiting tables and this will be a good example for you uh, there was a professor of mine literally in charge of my grades he would come into into Applebee's the the stylish place in Steubenville Ohio to go eat uh, uh, he would come in on on date night. He would he would ask for me to be his and his wife's waiter 
They would come out on date night. They had a ton of kids. He's he's busy. He's he's uh, working at the school. All these kinds of things. And he would come on this date night, and he would be on his phone the whole time. And I kept talking to him about it. He was literally teaching me a church document that was talking about this. Like we're all on our phones and we're not connected. Like you're teaching me this, and now you're at dinner. So we would always kind of joke and laugh about it. He'd put his phone away. And then one time, I walked up to his table. <laughs> he had his phone in his hand. I smacked it out of his hand. I'm his waiter. I smacked it out of his hand, and I said, "You talk to your wife." And she smiled at me. He he was like shocked and then smiled. He left the phone where it had landed when I smacked it. And they had a great dinner. It was great. <laughs> did they did they even did, how much did they tip you that night? I think they left and left me with the bill. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, going off of you know, everybody staying connected, um another thing is uh, I don't know how many of our, your listeners have like Snapchat or Facebook or any of that, but if you if anybody you if, went the complete opposite. Facebook's all the old people. Yeah. Snapchat's all the seven year olds. So. Well, it's actually kind of funny <laughs> because they act, they they mesh. What people post on Facebook kind of bleeds into what people post on Snapchat. It's the same thing, you know. Oh, I'm in a sloucher. Oh, I'm not having a good day. That kind of stuff. But the funny thing is. Nobody knows if anything is being done about it. Making a difference in your problem will only happen if you can make an effort to do it. You know, and like some people ask, how do I make an effort to, you know, motivate myself to go fix X, Y, Z? Well, I usually like to say or do myself is do hobbies that I like to do because, you know, I play music. I love listening to music. I like going out and listening to music. I go dance, et cetera, et cetera. Just doing those certain things keeps my mind off of what's bad and keeps me on keeps my mind on what's good for me and what's making me feel good again. Now father, there is a book in the Bible called the book of Job. And yes. I like and I like to say um the book of a job sometimes because I think Absolutely. it's it's funner. Um but Did you just say funner? Yes. <laughs> A it's collegiate student funner. just said the it's word the funner. the funnerest way to <laughs> say. The, the funnerest way, <laughs> yes. It's a calm job. But low-key, there was definitely a bunch of seminarians that I've met over the years who, when reading at the seminary in front of the bishop, pronounced it the book of job. I've heard this happen more than once. See, so, I'm not the only one then. It's yeah. not as bad as that time that uh, somebody went up to the Ambo and was like, a reading from the first letter to the Filipinos. It's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't think they were around then. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was great. I, I didn't pay attention to the rest of that mass, and that happened 10 minutes in. So, <laughs> What I'm trying to get here at, Father, is for those of, that may be listening to the show, that might also be going through a hard time that, you know, kind of might be blowing some of it out of proportion because I'm sure you've seen on Facebook or Twitter that some people blow the smallest problems out of proportion. I would like for you to sum up the book of Job in layman terms in the simplest way you can. I love that he just you know you have you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to make the cleric say explain things in layman terms. You have to do it. Please go. A young man has asked you to do this request. You need to do it. Um first of all, don't tell me what to do. Um, I said please. I said please. Third. (laughs) 
took my joke. I was going to make that joke, but I'm really mad. It was funnier coming from me. No. As I could do the whole clerical, like, shtick, the it's, whole bit. It's not funnier, though, because angry. Whenever, we, whenever we hung He's up angry. on you, before the interview, whenever we hung up on you, I said, Blaine, the reason I told you to shut up immediately when you started talking about speaking in layman's terms is when you bring it up, I'm going to make this clerical joke. So I actually made the joke 20 minutes ago. You just didn't know it was coming. Boom. I would have been ready. Okay. Okay. But anyway, Welcome to the job. party, Jack. <laughs> What's going on is that uh, Job is tormented by all these afflictions and terrible afflictions. Um, family members dying. He has boils and sores. He loses all of his property. Uh, people abandon him. They're just yelling at him. Why do you still? But through it all, he holds on to hope and he doesn't. He refuses to curse God. That's the big thing. He refuses to curse God. Everyone's saying you should just curse God and die. What are you doing? Just give up. But he won't. What great um, friends. Just curse God and die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that happens. Uh, and it, don't get me wrong. He's super cranky about all this, but he's still remaining faithful. Sounds and like a certain priest I know. He does what anyone would do in a situation. He just sits on a pile of garbage and is sad. He's just hanging out there. And he has three friends that come visit him. And they start off really great. They just, for like, I think it's three days or for a certain amount of time, they just sit there and sit with him. They see how sad he is. They don't say anything, which is great because a lot of times when someone's really dealing with something, you just need to be there with them in it. So they begin well. But after a while, the friends, like many of us, lose patience. And they try to explain, well, Job, this must have happened because you actually weren't faithful. Or this must have happened because you, you, you sinned. Or this must have happened because of whatever. And Job's getting ticked off. He's like, I did none of this. I am totally innocent. And then Job starts freaking out a little bit. And God comes down to fix the situation. He comes down with all his fiery glory. And basically, he's like, hey, Job, you got all these questions? I got some questions for you, Job. Where were you when the earth was made? If you're so smart, you tell me how big it is. Are you God? No, you're freaking Job and I'm God. Deal with it. Which I love how Father Anthony just made God Italian. <laughs> 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 Don't you talking to me? <laughs> exactly. So, which isn't a super satisfying answer, right? God's saying you you still understand, but right. it's pointing toward the mystery that we're not gonna we're not gonna know in this life the reasons why God allows certain things to happen. But He says, Job, your response was still better than all these other people trying to explain away the evil. And then at the end of the story, He restores all things. Now, I would add one last thing. Really, the ending to the book of Job is Christ on the cross. That's where we get the real response, the full response of God to our suffering. So it's almost like the book of Job. It has this unsatisfying ending because that ending is supposed to happen later on when Christ returns. So I don't know if I got to whatever you were thinking about. You but did. That's, I really like the book of Job. So You did. And the part, if I remember correctly, at the end as well is that even through all that tough time and Job, you know, going through all those struggles and at the end when God confronts him, you know, when he said, you know, your response was better than your other three friends. For that, I'm, go uh, I'm going to restore everything that you had. And then also he doubled it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He doubled it for, you know, staying humble and staying true to God. And so what I'm trying to get to at that is saying you could literally – Get in a fight with the emu like I did last week. <laughs> you can literally get in a fight with uh, a llama even. But yep. as wacky and wild as that is, there's always going to be a light at 
the end where, you know, it's like you're having this terrible day and you get home and, you know, for me, I like to cherish the little things in life, if that makes sense. Like anything from a cup of coffee to a ice cream cone, you know. So like that, that, that is the gamut of things when yeah. we <laughs> from a cup of coffee to an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is saying, you know, don't always have the highest expectations to solve your problems. Literally the smallest thing can always solve your problems. And that can always start with you going back to where everything started and doing what you love the most and staying true to it. If that makes sense. Cool. So how do we put a bow on all this? So we, we started off by, by talking about how uh, we're sharing these negative things on, on social media, which can make social media a negative place to be because that stuff can kind of grow and fester. So how do we put a bow on this? So the way we can put the, put a bow on this is that I would encourage everyone that's listening to attend mass more often if you're not attending it regularly. Uh, take part in adoration more because adoration, to, as I've said on here previously, I love going to adoration or doing some sort of form of adoration to where I can just sit in silence and have a conversation with God and have a conversation with myself. It's like, okay, what's working, what's not working, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if you have a problem and you feel like putting it on social media, just know that you know you have the freedom to do that. I'm t- I'm not I'm not I'm not on here saying don't do that because I don't want to see it. That's the last thing I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is, if you do have some sort of you know problem like that, um, always surround yourself with good people and good friends that can help you with that. Cool, Father Anthony. I give you permission to give your clerical bow to put on the end of this conversation. Yeah, if you're sad, turn to Jesus and not social media. Done. Cue the outro music, everyone. That is it. That is our show for the day. Blaine, thanks for coming on, my man. Thank you, sir. Father Anthony, you are our favorite cleric. That is true. Good. But uh, I'm glad you were a layman today. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Forte Catholic today. I'll be back next week. Say it! Father Anthony, I'm really concerned that you haven't made any friends yet. Are you okay? Me too. Uh, I mean, I'm a little, a little sad. Well, I can't help you there, but I can help the other people. Join a community of just the ama- most amazing people in the world over at patreon.com slash forte. I think it's forte. Do you know? I don't know. Patreon.com slash forte catholic. That's how it goes. I'm... Like you said earlier in the show, I'm a professional yes. and I know how Indeed. to do things. So there's all kind of bonus content, things that we uh, didn't have time for on the show, things that we literally couldn't say on the show because Taylor would get fired. Um, that's yeah. all over at patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. If you want more Father Anthony and if you want to finally help him be a friend, you can pay yeah. for that privilege at patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. Please help me feed my children. <laughs>